ready for their greatest segue ever. Let's see it. Then we won't get more movies like The Nice Guys. That's right. That's so right. Right. That's, uh, In terms of I'm, a movie yeah. that was made with completely original characters, with a whole original plot, um, but it got absolutely buried because it came out in a time that was just superhero saturation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and let's let's get into it. What? Why did the nice guys not? You know, like why wasn't it one of those? movies that like when it came out it just didn't like make everybody just shut up and go to the movie and watch it you know i didn't watch it until years later when i saw it on dvd like i just realized i had it so i'll watch it and then i was like fuck like i really wish i saw this in theaters this is the funniest movie i've seen in the decade it's hands down it's so weird i don't know it's like we, we go back again to the like um movie exhaustion it's like how many times does the actual average person go to the movies per year right um so like people are pretty selective on what they go to see and like when the majority of people are going to go see like these superhero movies because they need to see them because they're incentivized to see them because if you don't see them then you're not gonna get the big references in the big movie um so people just sort of avoid these newer IPs and it's you know we've talked about I think it's a bit of marketing also I think it's a bit of sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but I think a lot of that is also the lack of focus given to those kind of movies by studios but continue on your point we see it with oblivion as well it's like it doesn't really matter how well your original idea is it's like um if it's not the fad at the time and like if the yeah. fat is oversaturating the market, then like people are just going to keep seeing that. And um, they have sort of like a, a budgetary restriction, like whether like a subconscious budgetary restriction, on mm-hmm. how many movies they see a year. So but that's the problem with general. That's the problem by basing everything off by box office and by general audiences, because when you start to think like that, like the average person might only see like three movies a year. And, like, there's, like, hundreds of movies that come out in theaters a year. And, yeah, I'm talking about in theaters, like, going out to see a movie. Like, whereas now, like, every you, you know, nobody's not watching movies, but it's where are you watching it and how are you watching it? So, I like, if The Nice Guys came out at that same time on Netflix, you would have bet that that would have been a smash hit on Netflix. But the fact that it came out on theaters in a time where the all you're seeing is references to superhero movies and trailers to superhero movies is... You know, you're not going to pay attention to a Ryan Gosling movie uh, with um, with Russell Crowe. Like, you're just not going to... That's not going to stick in your head as much, you know? And people talk about it less, too. I think this this is a movie that word of mouth could have really helped along the way. Kind of like The Hangover. Like, when The Hangover came out, I'm pretty sure... I, like, I was young when it came out, but I remember that was, like... Cool. Well, he a, both know why a, the word of mouth got a around A schoolyard movie. movie. Big word of mouth. Yeah, that was, like, you got to check this shit out, bro. Yeah, this we got to check it out because there's titties in the credits. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Don't watch that movie with your parents for the first time, by the way. Super awkward. Did you? I watched the second one with my parents for the first time. Not the oh, first one, okay. but the second one. Okay, But Jesus. yeah, that was even worse, I think, because there was... Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> there was weird stuff going on in that movie. Anyways, like, I don't know. Nice Guys is... Um, I don't know. I think it's just um, a victim of 
of its time it was put in. It, it was it was before yeah. streaming movies became big enough to where right. they could make an impact, and it was during when um, people were just the height of the height of the blockbuster. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think it was just maybe doomed and um and it, i don't know it's, i wouldn't necessarily say it's a shame because you know what? i don't actually feel too bad about this one not getting like a follow-up and not getting a big audience you know i would have liked it to be successful so more stuff like this would have been made but i'm kind of right. glad it's sort of um just this nice not time capsule, it's just this nice packaged movie yeah it's yeah. A, well it's a contained movie it's not sequel baby it's not franchisey like it's the exact opposite of the type of movie that were coming out in that time exactly right? it's it, completely stands alone as a movie singular like film of uh just of the time we're in and like you know like it's not trying to be a franchise it's not trying to be bait you into a sequel or you know with any of that it's just like here's a good comedy enjoy it like fuck exactly and you can see like even with a talented director like Shane Black here you can see like when they you know after um the six like eventually the word of mouth did get around that Nice Guys was a good movie and that Shane Black did a great job so not enough though not and even the fact that like well well enough to where he got he got the directing credit or he got the directing job for the latest Predator movie, but sure, no, no, no. I, I, I'm sure that that the success of like whatever it got gave him that opportunity. But in the sense that also you have like a pretty packed cast. You know, you got Russell Crowe, um, and Ryan Gosling in like a buddy cop situation, and that premise is like pretty interesting on itself. Like you know, if if this was the early 2000s and when everything is cast related and who's in the movie who's starring in it like that would have made headlines like that would have sold the movie on itself right so like oh my god that's so indicative of like the time we're kind of still in it's like um yeah it's well that doesn't matter anymore none of that kind of you don't go you don't go and see um a fucking um jesus you don't go and see a tom hanks movie anymore you go and see a spider-man movie you know what i mean right right it's not like it's it's like the drawing point is the character, not the actual actor. So like this, even like we were talking about Oblivion, right? Our conversation with why Oblivion doesn't didn't succeed as well as it did. Well, nobody wanted to see Tom Cruise necessarily. You wanted to see a sci-fi story, and the people that wanted to see a badass sci-fi story saw it. And you know, it's not like how people paid to see Tom Cruise back in the day. Is like right? No, it's not the same. It's like people go. It's not the same. People go to see characters right yeah like i yeah man i still remember like you would you would refer to movies as the movie as like the main actor right the new blank yeah the new tom cruise yeah, movie the, new the new fucking jonah uh, hill movie the new jonah Jennifer, hill comedy, yeah, yeah whatever yeah yeah and you the directors didn't even get that much attention right like very rarely would you uh, you had your quentin tarantinos and your spike lees that you're like yeah i'm watching so-and-so's movie um whereas now it's i think more kind of the 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 shine I, I would say i guess is a little back on the directors which is cool um but yeah that kind of hollywoodness of it of selling a movie by the actor's name is no longer the most important selling feature no and that's yeah that's 
perhaps why something like this didn't pick up more steam. But again, it's like yeah, yeah. I'm not Marketing, entirely yeah. sad about that because at least I'm I, not either. Yeah. I can it, still it, like yeah, uh, the, the reason I was upset about like, Oblivion is because like it had it had room to expand and it had room to grow and um, had given the chance it could have been something a lot bigger than it is. But like that doesn't like this. I know it kind of sounds like an insult, but this might be the height of what Nice Guys is. It's just this, just this movie, right? This mm-hmm. completely self-contained story. It's like it's all it ever needs to be. Yeah, and, I. I, a sequel would have been cool, but it probably would have sucked, to be honest. It w- or it wouldn't have been as good, maybe, you know, with the way things tend to go with comedy sequels. And I'm glad they just said, let's make a really good movie and not think about anything else. Like, and, it, and it's almost weird to think like that. Like, you know, how I'm, I'm sure a lot of filmmakers or, or studios, producers, whatever, they think like that. Like, how much can we, dr- like, continue this going forward or how much potential money can this bring? Like, I'll just give you a little insight. So I kind of did like a small intern slash job position at a at an up and coming studio in, in Toronto a couple months back. And I was part of a pitch process. And I looked through the pitch of a movie that they were pitching, which was a thriller. And it basically like outlined an entire kind of feature, which was, oh, yeah, this is sequelable, basically, that we're giving enough within this story that you could have a sequel and have a franchise and have so-and-so toy line or whatever like that is so baked into the process of making movies and i got to see that that you know like it's refreshing that we can have a movie like the nice guys where it's just a contained comedy that let's get to the character side of it because this duo of of the characters that we got is so unexpectedly awesome like i didn't expect to have so much fun with uh like two guys that you know you can't really picture being even in any movie together no, you know? like I want to like, like first things first, like, um, the character intros, like two main character oh, yeah, intros, man. like oh, the opening of the film, flawless, man. Oh, th- yeah, I had I had a whole kind of train of thought for the opening, so yeah, you go with that. Continue. Like I talked about in Sin City, I want more of those narrated monologues. I need them. Yeah, I need yeah. them in my life, and to hear Russell Crowe's like gravelly New York accent voice just go off about his yeah like the 50s noir detective kind of style and yet it's comedic right it's like the whole that there's that there's that noir detective narration right what they're kind of picking off from yet the visual is this like um it's like there's just this absurd humor going on in in every frame uh whether it's like russell crowe fucking like knocking somebody's teeth in or or just every frame of Ryan Gosling in this movie. I just want to say Russell Crowe has great one-liners in this movie. Yeah. Are yeah, you the man? Does. Like shit, <laughs> just shit like that. Just like right off the bat. Like I, I fucking. And just snuffs him right away. He's like, what? Yeah. It's like comedic timing. <laughs> yeah. I and... love the quickness. Yeah. The comedic timing was perfect in this movie. And who... everything was like so well paced and timed. Like, and Ryan Gosling is the notebook guy, but like he is dude i don't so even see him as funny, the notebook guy anymore though. i i see him as the nice guy like yeah. from the rest of life now you know like he he should lose that notebook fucking title because he is so good in this movie he's so fucking funny in this movie Just, so funny like it's it's the little like character nuances when he's he fucking the character introduction when he's intro like when he's narrating over himself and he's like trying to break into in through the glass door and sneak in and like do his job as a detective. And yeah. he like, 
at the first sight of blood, he fucking passes out yeah. like That's a every inch of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the little whisper he gives out too. Like, I I remember watching that scene for the first time. And I thought like, what am I watching? Like, this is fucking hilarious. I smile like I've watched this movie like four times now, and I smile every time he just sort of casually walks out from behind the stairs and like he's like wrapping his knuckle in the little napkin and the napkin comes loose a little bit and he puts it back and he just <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it flaps up and then he just has to put it down before he punches the thing yeah. <laughs> like just shit like that you know it's the little little stuff that they really fucking the comedic timing is like how do you even do that i don't know i don't know i don't know how he did it like and even like i was uh no it's really good i acting. was into bill burr's podcast and like uh-huh. um this is where I sort of get to like the word of mouth points. Like Bill, even like Bill Burr spent a good section of one of his podcasts praising this movie and talking about um, <clears throat> Ryan Gosling's like comedic ability. And like, if you're getting praised by Bill Burr on your comedic prowess, on your like your timing and mm. your ability to For real. set up and then pay off on that punchline, then it's like, it, it's, it's a, I, f- I feel like it's a big deal because Bill Burr's like the baddest yeah. motherfucker in the game right now. So, yeah, and just yeah, getting the, getting those kind of props from you know like a, a legit specialist kind of in that in that framework of, of line of work of comedy is yeah. I think he he's kind of underrated, uh, Ryan Gosling. Like uh, people think he's a good actor and he is a great actor, but his range like which seems like a super weird pretentious thing to say talking about acting. Like I don't think I've ever talked about somebody's range, but like literally. I saw another Ryan Gosling movie this week. That's why I'm kind of touching upon it. I saw this movie called Only God Forgives by um, the director Nicholas Winding Refn. And it's like a complete 180 from Nice Guys. Like tonally, pace-wise, everything. It's a slow, somber movie like where Ryan Gosling has little to no lines. It's all like facial kind of characterizations and stuff like that. And body uh, acting. And if that's the proper way to describe it, I don't know. Um yet like you get such a rich performance out of like out of him visually like that's what i'm talking about he can go from the funniest guy like that i just want to see every comedy starring ryan gosling to i want to see every thriller starring this guy too you know like he he's just a great actor like no cap who reads a screenplay and it probably says who probably says on the screenplay sees dead Uh. body freaks out and then how does he come up with that? What he did when he yeah. saw that dead body at the party and he was just Yeah, yeah. Like like some people might call it overacting. Like I I don't know. I I felt very in character for me cuz like um it's already been established that like he just doesn't like blood, he doesn't like gore and to see someone with like half Yeah, that's his, his that's the worst moment in for him. Like he can't even get the words out at that point. Well, he's absolutely Like you're with up. him. Yeah, like yeah, you're with him on that. You're like, oh, "Okay, I'm with you, bro." Like you, you're freaking out, man. Um what was the scene that really like I I liked? It's um uh Oh yeah, not not just a particular scene, but like kind of throughout the movie. I just like how his character is like degrading and just getting in worse and worse shape throughout like he starts off like he breaks his arm and his suit gets ripped up and it's like he never even changes his suit throughout the film it feels like um i think it seems like he's just like a mess of a character and like he's an alcoholic and like everything just kind of adds on to like this wild ride and like that 
you're just like a part of a really kind of uh kind of a cool dynamic between russell crowe's more like serious detective i guess um where there's like a flip in that like he's not actually a detective he's not like the pe- the private eye but he acts more like the private eye in the in, in the dynamic right he's um, he's the courage he, that pushes the actual guy with the talent to do what he needs to do you know what i mean yeah exactly yeah like it's a, it's good indic- like it's a good formula for the buddy cop movie it's like they're they're not like they are whole characters on their own but like to make up that um duo they sort of fill each other's needs yeah right so where yeah um, exactly gosling's character sort of lets um crow's character loosen up a bit and crow's character keeps gosling characters you know his intentions straight and true to 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 his job to what he's doing and to exactly their mission essentially yeah um and like yeah like we were kind of saying like crow has like some of the best one-liners in the films and like just the best action um like he, he he plays kind of like the the heavy like the heavy kind of nobody's gonna fuck with this guy character and the whole setting like of the film taking place in this like um i want to say like 70s or 80s kind of time period um and like the whole plot revolving around this like porno film quote-unquote experimental film like i i like that i like the whole plot like i liked everything about where this movie was going like it was it wasn't ever like uh just kind of fetch questy where these kind of movies can be like go to this place and go to this place and like it it has a bit of that kind of repetitive kind of um like where how how they travel from one character to another but i think every character they even encounter um has like a really good uh just has good kind of humor to them and like you go from the little kids that they have in the film which is like i think this is just a trait of shane black's like i think he directs kids well from like the 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 kid from iron man 3 is also in this but the little girl who plays ryan gosling's daughter i thought she was great um the dynamic between her and her dad ryan gosling's character i thought that was also good um what else Yeah, I just um, like w- in terms of Russell Crowe's character, it's like it's weird because you don't actually you don't often see action characters like that. It, it the more of the heavy set guys, and then even if it is a heavy set guy, it's it's sometimes hard to believe in what they're doing. But for some reason, the way they personify Russell Crowe's sort of fighting style and how he deals with things, it, it's a much more believable. And that's what I like. Yeah. Like everything within the characters are like extremely, it's, it's, it's all personified with their fighting styles, with how they shoot a gun, with um, how mm-hmm. they run everything. It's yeah. like the F- there's a moment towards the end of the film where where uh you can see the impact like I guess the dynamic of Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling has had and like you know but that end scene when when they're at the hotel and they're trying to you know like stop the guys or whatever um and Gosling is kind of more aligned with the mission right like he's more he's less distracted as he was from the other scene when he was at the party and you know he's swimming with the girls in the tank and he's all fucked up and shit. So you see a bit of like the the 
how Russell Crowe has just made him more serious and more on the ball. Yet he still has a he like maintains that like that side of his character, which is still a fuck up. Like so, the scene I'm talking about is he gets into the into the hotel and the guy offers him a drink and he he shakes his head. He's just like, no, I'm on a mission, and he just looks forward, and then the guy's just like, it's free, and he turns around and his eyes are just lit up. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna say no to a free drink, and then you know, like, okay, at this point now the movie's just gonna turn into in another direction because of that. So I think, like you just said, the characters are just so well thought out and contained in in who they are yeah it's a, it's and and it's it's like yeah it's not even a, a like a, a likely pairing like it's not something you could see in any other movie or in any other uh circumstance really well that's what i think is so great about this movie it's like yeah it's like a buddy cop movie but the the pairing is not something typical of what you would see you would never see some yeah, not typical at all. Um, some alcoholic Californian team up with a Irish descent beat him up brawler New Yorker, and that's what it is. Right. Well, usually, well, usually they will take those kind of opposing. The whole kind of premise of the buddy cop is taking opposing archetypes, right? So I guess they kind of hit the nail on the head with the characterization. But the archetypes they and chose. we haven't seen those. Right. We haven't. Yeah, and we haven't seen those kind of characterizations. But at the same time, having the actors like Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, who just like before watching this movie to say those guys are going to be in a comedy together, you would be like, I don't think this is going to be a really good comedy, to be honest with you. You know, there's a little bit of hesitation for me. That was the hesitation. Even watching it for the first time was like, I don't know how funny this is going to be. And it's such a surprise to see like how well it works together. And how well it comes together at the end. See, the thing is, it doesn't even try that hard to be funny. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of movies, like, really try and then it kind of hits and misses. But, like, everything within the context of the movie, the characters act as they should act. But while they're doing that, it's just funny, if that makes sense. Yeah, it seems like they they probably had a really, like, fun, loose time on set. Probably ad-libbed a bunch, you know? Um, I'm not always the biggest fan of ad-libbing. Yeah, I I think that it, that just kind of brings out like you know a lot of originality from actors and the character and like you know things that you wouldn't necessarily in in, in um what's the word kind of predict to see I guess but um I think Shane Black has this really like natural comedy style um I've seen a couple of his films and I I like I like how it never seems forced it it always seems contained in the character and and who they are. Um, and in just like the world that's set up, like the relationship between, um, Gosling's character and his daughter, like that at times can seem like way too like fictional, maybe like, you know, like it's, it, it it doesn't seem like something a, a real relationship could be like, but then there's humanity within that. There's like real father daughter moments within all the chaos, like, and, and you, yeah, like it, that might've been my, one of my bigger gripes with it, but. I still, um, I still enjoyed that. Like it, it didn't deter too much away. Like kind of it, like you, you know what I'm saying? Like it kind of at times felt like the relationship was more like brother and sister, like, but that just kind of lended to who he was as a character. I thought it was a pretty unique situation. So like in, in which they related, you know, with his wife dying and whatnot, their house burning down and then true. Yeah. Him sort of relapsing. So of I, and then she sort of becomes his caretaker needs to take on this responsibility because yeah just a that's deadbeat that's dad. kind of what it is she she's exactly like she's the one that drives the car 
And yeah. she's the one that says, like, Dad, you're a fuck-up. Like, you got to straighten the fuck out, right? Yeah, and like, she's the one calling him to remind him that he has to get up and work and, and whatnot. So it's like, um, yeah, it seems like an unrealistic sort of relationship or situation that... Um, but um, given the circumstances at which they're accustomed to each other, um, I still thought it was believable. The other yeah. thing, no, no, and it makes sense in the character that they're setting up with Gosling that he's just like, after you know, you can kind of piece together the story. Like, if his his wife died, he might have lost a lot of himself in that, and and his character is like, kind of if you look at the darker side of what all of that could mean, like he's an alcoholic he doesn't take care of his daughter well enough like all these kind of negative sides to it yet he plays it off like he's the fun and cool dad like he plays that off so easy you know you're not really thinking about the negatives to all this situation you're not thinking like holy fuck like this is pretty depressing like no no it's like i don't he's um oh, he's i don't know what the archetype is called but he is that archetypal character it's like the the tragic clown or the tragic gesture it's like yeah yeah um something like that i don't know i don't know i'm trying to think of another character that's like that you know in the big les show there's clarence so um for for future reference clarence the mailman Mm -hmm. is uh actually quite the tragic character it's so sad anyways um and you know um what was i saying fuck i don't know lost train of thought um oh right the only thing i didn't quite like is like i don't know when she sort of came on these crazy adventures like is really anyone gonna sort of stand for like this kid just roaming around a porno house and yeah riding in a trunk of a car and you know getting involved yeah that whole it's just i don't know there were some scenes that were obviously kind of just like they had to happen so that's how you know like there were some moments where they had to like write themselves out of what they were writing kind of thing um she was definitely utilized like plenty in, of that in some aspects as a means to for as a plot. tool as a yeah yeah and you know like sometimes i guess comedies sometimes fall victim to that um and then it pl- gets played off for humor um but maybe you know that doesn't happen too much where it's like it takes you out of the film like i still you still get the sense that like that they're they're kind of aware of that fact within the scene like that there's like a kid roaming around like russell crowe gets involved in that one part where he's like what you know you should listen to your dad you should like go back to the car go back home or like whatever um but it's like yeah like you know if if that was ever kind of a serious situation then it it would play out much different i mean i don't want to think about it like this film in it through a realistic lens like it's a comedy film and stuff like that so kind of taking a foot back it still works well in 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 getting the plot to where it needed to be right yeah and it's to be fair it is sort of a complicated plot um it is it is it's it's a pretty complicated plot for for yeah like despite it being being, a comedy it's still a detective mystery yeah it's it's because you know what it's taking a lot from the noir genre so it has to have a lot of those noir tropes of like you know the the femme fatale the fucking multiple villains the the big mystery of who the actual villain is and just the whole idea like the whole pacing of it was really like old school noir like going from a to b to c and questioning these people and such and such so 
they they were working with a complicated structure to begin with so i don't blame them necessarily for having to use kind of characters as as a tool in a sense like do you remember in in towards the ending when um um they're in the hotel and like they got they get caught by by the uh, assistant character yeah right yeah and right so and then uh gossing's daughter comes in in the scene right and throws coffee on her and she slips from the coffee and like that's it that's how she's defeated and then like they kind of poke fun at her like oh well that was easy like that's basically what they say so like you could tell like okay you know you kind of wrote yourself into a situation there and that was the easiest way to get out of it that kind of pulled me a little bit out but i was looking a bit too much into that maybe no like yeah i mean i kind of in terms of like a critical eye yeah there's some things within this movie that um, are pretty glaring and they kind of take me out, but I take liberties a lot with mm-hmm. a movie like this um, yeah, because it, it is it, so it, it's on a case by case basis, I think. And yeah, right. Cause I'm, I'm a very character driven um, like I, uh, in terms of like enjoyment of movies, I enjoy sure. rich characters more so than plot. Um, sure. So, you know, while um, the daughter character wasn't really, it was probably one of my least favorite characters within the film because she's used as a plot device a lot. Um, but the fact that she's I... She's probably less of a character. Yeah. Yeah, more of a plot device. But the fact that I can still sit down and enjoy Russell Crowe's and Ryan Gosling's character individually yeah. and everyone else... In no way does it deter. Like, yeah, this is just like really kind of critical nitpicking. Like, really, it's not trying to deter away from the quality of the comedy because i think you got to give comedies a certain amount of leeway like that's the whole premise is just silly kind of slapstick humor so you know it's it's not going to be grounded in reality or in stuff like that so that was just really just nitpicking but yeah i think other than just small things like that there's so much like of those like just funny moments like character moments it's all character driven and and like you could tell that 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 they were just having fun making this movie, and like as an audience, I had fun watching it. I simply put it as that. Yeah, same. I don't know. It's always just you know, I clap at movies sometimes, and I was clapping a lot at. Well, this I movie. this is like the third or fourth time I watched this too, and like I laughed out loud at this. You know, I, I really lolled a couple times. I I every time I watch this, I, I've lolled yeah, pretty hard. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. I find myself smiling more than I'm not while watching this movie. It's just mm-hmm. so fun. I don't know. Such a joy to watch every time. But um, yeah, I've sort of said my piece on it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to kind of get really deep into comedy because it's like you're starting to repeat a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's like there's nothing much to say. Like, honestly, it's just if you haven't seen it, if it's a movie that's kind of gone over your radar like it did with me when it came out. I think this movie came out in... 2016 or so 16 i think yeah yeah 2016 so it's kind of old at this one was four years old so it's it's one of those movies that i think can can be in the realm of those like kind of cult classic um viewerships like uh it 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 might have it might have it might live a, a long life kind of after the fact that it's it's not like you know it's not a franchise it's not a sequel but it's rare to find gems like these kind of movies 
especially comedies you know it's it's like sitting on on a on a on a boat of other films kind of like the first hangover movie of of this era kind of comedies um another one i think it was like due date um and just yeah like kind of i really like buddy cop movies and this is like one of the better kind better ones for sure yeah absolutely it's just um it's a shame that like no streaming service carries it. We had to rent these. We had to rent nice guys because we committed to it. But yeah, um, yeah. I thought it'd still be on Netflix. Turns out Netflix fucking just sucks ass. Well, right I'll now. be honest with you. That's why I'm I'm started to build up my DVD collection again. I've been buying more Blu-rays now and more just regular DVDs because how just unreliable that kind of like relying on streaming service to always carry that the movies that you want to watch right so i'll be waiting for your dvd store in 15 years yeah i i was um i actually called a dvd store today um i was trying to find a copy of perfect blue this anime film japanese anime and they didn't have it so they're they're specially ordering me a blu-ray copy and i'm pretty excited for that for that to come in damn well um I might let you go and enjoy Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima? Oh man, Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Okay, Tsushima. Yes, we're 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 preloading the game now, and um, we might even start up streaming it. Like I don't know, I I don't know what I want to do with it right now. Um, I'm too excited in my in my socks right now. All right, so I might let you uh, get after it then. And um, I've been trying to go to bed earlier, so I might fucking especially after a glass of whiskey. Just knocks you the fuck out. Oh yeah, I've been having the opposite. I've been having pretty bad sleep trouble, so I'm kind of like all over the place with that. And tonight's not gonna help. I'm just gonna be gaming for the most part. Yeah, don't don't stop um, now. Keep up the bad habits. No, it's gonna yeah exactly. Um and yeah probably follow up on the Ghost of Tsushima for the next episode. Um actually if we're gonna carry on kind of on that, I would love to recommend you uh, a Japanese an old Japanese samurai film for next week to discuss. Okay. Hold your thoughts on Would that. Would you be down for that? Um I might huh? I might have a lot to say next week on the Xbox event. Um, oh, is that next week? Yeah, next the Thursday. 23rd. Like literally the day that we record. So Oh, okay. So That's exciting. As much as I'd love that and I you please still recommend me the movie and I might still watch it, but keep in mind for next week I might have a fuck Yeah, you might to have say. a, a we might have to have a, a, a split episode kind of a thing then. Yeah, exactly. We'll have the Xbox discussion as its own thing. Yeah, okay. No, well, I'll, I'll let you know. So, um, well, we can discuss even like what movie to watch, but I would really like love to talk about an Akira Kurosawa movie. Okay. Um, I just watched last night Rashomon for the first time. Um, like I had started it before, but I had never finished it. And um, Kurosawa is like, many of his films are like well known for originating like and not just originating um but like besting certain like cinematic techniques and and just the filmmaking of like modern day filming like a lot of it can be rooted back to kurosawa and like how he how he used the camera and the stories he told and he was like just ahead of his time the kind of stories he was telling and and his filmmaking and like i want to save what i have to say for that but roshamon was like a really cool movie that the ending the last like third act was so unexpected and and even though i knew that it had a a surprise twist or whatever and um that the movie kind of uh um tricks the audience a little bit uh it had like a really great reveal um 
but I do want to talk kind of more in the sense of a samurai movie. So if you do have the time to watch it, I would suggest um, maybe Yojimbo or Seven Samurai. And I can text you those after, but those are two of my favorite samurai movies of all time. Seven Samurai, which is um, about uh, kind of like retired samurai slash ronin, and they're hired to protect a village from pirates, essentially, and they have to like learn how to how to come together and protect this village. And it's like the modern day Avengers, like or sorry, not modern day. It's like the Japanese era Avengers, essentially. Like it's so it's so interesting to see how modern day cinema kind of borrows from this old school kind of way of telling stories and from a whole different country, a whole different style and era. And like, I would just, yeah, we can touch upon that in the next episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but until then I will be signing off and I'll be playing ghost of Tsushima. So good night. Take care. Thank you guys for, uh, joining us weekly for our episodes. Now we're, what are we chaining eight nine episodes now is this nine must be nine yeah yeah so nine episodes deep so appreciate everybody listening and appreciate everybody uh sharing their feedback sharing their thoughts of the show um and we're constantly you know we're gonna put up more episodes put up more content on our instagram so follow us on our instagram page at mythic morons leave a rating a review on any wherever you're watching this not watching because we're not playing ourselves anywhere but wherever you're listening to us leave a rating a review and thank you to whoever's you know shown love so we will catch you guys in the next episode peace peace